My name is John and I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here and uh, I want to say up front, much like what Nick said in the beginning, that my message today would probably fall into the PG-13 variety, all right? So we're going to be talking about some things of the uh, fornication and copulation variety. Mm-hmm. So if you aren't ready to unpack that conversation with your little ones, our beautiful Harbor Towns Kids Ministry is ready with open arms right now to take care of your babies while we hang out and chat. You have two minutes <laughs> before it gets awkward. We're in week two of our series, Never Enough. It's a sobering series as we're looking at this reality that, that apart from Jesus, with our own human thinking, our own human understanding, our own human abilities and our own good deeds, we aren't enough. Like to live up to the standard of God to be seen as righteous before God. On our own, we are not enough. Everybody say, but God. But God. Hey, two most powerful words in the Bible. But God, through Christ, makes us enough to die for. On my own, I am never enough. I'm reminded daily of it. Singing that song, Gone. My sin is dead and gone. That is only because of the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. With Jesus, I am more than enough. That's what this series is all about. And I want us to take us to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. I'm jumping right in. Verse 27, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. He's quoting Deuteronomy, that one of the Ten Commandments. But I say, Jesus, I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in their heart. And so if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. There's a lot here. There's a lot here to unpack. And I know what some of you are thinking. Like, seriously, David, you gave the talk about lust and adultery to John? Like, I'm, I'm just saying what you're, some of you are thinking, right? Like, why, David? Why? I thought we were good, right? Right? Yeah, look, I know what some of you are like. Look, you're just holding your breath right now. Your eyes are like wide open. Like, you're... We're just like, oh, man, what, what bomb is he going to drop today? Like, oh, my gosh, right? Right? You can't believe we're talking about sex in church, and it's, and it's me talking about it, right? And so, listen, I want all of us, because the tension, you know, when you blow up a balloon really big, you know, and it's like, it's ready to pop, right? I need us to shh, okay? All of us, I mean it, in the room and online, I want all of us on the count of three, we're going to take two deep breaths. I mean it. We need it. All right? On the count of three, one, two, three, in through the nose, out through the mouth. 
One more time. Now, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Stop it. Come on now. That's exactly what I'm trying to not to do. Laura's back there trying to get me in trouble. I'm not, that's what I'm trying to not get off the stage. Trying to get me in trouble. I'm trying to keep this dignified and stay in my, just have a conversation. I was telling one of the pastors here, Micah, some of you guys know him. I was telling Micah that, you know, I'm excited but anxious to share this message this week. It's not that I don't want to talk about sex. I'm good with talking about sex in church. You know, this isn't my first time, you know. It ain't going to be my last time. It's not the first time Whitewater has talked about sex. I'm excited but anxious because here's the deal. Let's, this is like a, all the cards are on the table today. There's no going back after today. All right. I'm excited but anxious for two reasons. First, let's be honest. We, we are still learning to get to know each other, right? We are still working out our relationship, right? Let's just be honest about this right now. (laughs) I know some of you are terrified of what words... I might say today, like, you've already started a list in your mind of, John, please do not say this word. Please don't go there, John. Don't say this phrase. Listen, I'm right there with you. I've got a list on my phone. I'm not kidding. I had to this whole week. You cannot say this phrase, right? The moment I'm tempted to say this phrase, go back to your phone. Is it on your list? You can't say that, John, all right? You got your list. I got my list, okay? There are a lot of potential landmines in a message that has to do with sex and lust and adultery that I don't know if our relationship is like, are we ready for all that? Thank you, man. Thank you, Jason. Like, I'm like are you sure? Like, are we ready to take our relationship to the next level? Because, I mean, I am. I'm ready. It's, you know, it's kind of like that moment in a dating process, like, I'm ready. You know, like, you ready? Like, I mean... You know, you, I mean, you know, I'll put a ring on it. Like, like, are, are, are you ready? Are you sure? <laughs> you got that hesitant clap right back there. Like one of them was, she was like, yes, I am, Pastor John. The other one was like, okay, I think so, but I don't know where he's going with this, right? All right, here we go. Second reason I'm, I am excited but anxious, I feel the weight of this message. This message has breakthrough written all over it. Not because of me, come on. Because of the power of Jesus Christ working through his word. And sex, sex is something that all of us can relate to. Every single one of us, every single person in this room and watching online is here because of sex. There it is. Just got it. It took him like 20 seconds to get there. So this is a message that everybody, everybody, 
everybody can relate to this message in some way. And the enemy, we all have an enemy, the enemy knows that. See, one of the greatest deceptions the enemy has ever pulled off is deceiving the world, including the church, that we should not talk about sex and definitely not in church. Whew. Because if the enemy can keep sex trapped in darkness, the enemy can control it. He can manipulate it, and he can manipulate you with it. It is time for the church to shine a light on this topic, to step boldly into the conversation that everybody but the church is already having. And as your pastor, it is my privilege to be having this conversation with you. Every single pastor, every single ministry and church should be having this conversation with their people. You need to hear from your pastor that sex is from God. God created sex. The enemy didn't create it. Culture doesn't create it. Culture doesn't define it. God does. Sex was never lost. Nobody needs to find it and bring it back. I don't care what Justin Timberlake says, baby. All right? I'm bringing sexy back. No, you ain't. It wasn't lost, Justin. God created sex. God's gift of sex is powerful. The thought of sex is powerful. The act of sex is powerful. It has the power of life and death. And our enemy knows that. And our enemy's sole purpose, sole one purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy us. See, the enemy uses sex and our lustful desires to lure us away from God. Remember, sex isn't bad. The enemy twists it and perverts it. And he uses sex to lure us away from God. And over time, we begin to worship sex, the thing that God created, more than God, the one who created it. For many people in this room, sex has become an idol. And it has twisted and perverted our hearts. And so how do we fight back? How do we protect ourselves? And before I go any further, I, need, I always, like I was telling Connor this, like I want to share up front. Reed Sapp, Craig Groeschel, Micah Oder, they all influenced my message today. That's the big three this weekend. You know, Reed's like, yo, he said Craig Groeschel and, Reed, and my name all in the same. Dang, Reed, you, you the man. I see you back there. Even though your red's been beating up on my Indians. I see you over there. Dang. So I want to give credit where credit is due. They, they all spoke into this message. Here's the deal. Uh, speaking of credit. Some of y'all looked at my phone before. You've seen it. I know. Like, you're like, why, why you have such an old phone, Pastor? I used to have an iPhone 6, but guess what? Hey. I found out that Verizon would give me a $700 credit for me to turn in my old phone and get a new phone. I got rid of that iPhone 6. I got me a new iPhone for next to nothing. Y'all better go. It's on Glenway. Go, go overwhelm the place. They got some credit thing going on. Turn your own phone in. Get $700. It was amazing. How many of you guys have a smartphone? 
Go ahead. Raise your hand up. Raise your hand real high. I need to see. I need to see how many people I'm talking to today. All right. All right. You, uh, those of you who don't have a smartphone, you flipping it? Like flip phone, slide phone, what you, no phone? Like, I don't know. What's, okay. So uh, uh, those of you with a smartphone, all right. Um, how many apps do you think you have on your phone? Just, just, you know, how many? You think, just think, like 10, 30. Like the average smartphone user has 80 apps. I thought it was kind of low. I thought it was kind of low. I was like, wow, okay, 80 apps. Raise your hand if you have one of these apps on your phone. Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Raise your hand real high. I'm not going to make fun of you for TikTok. All right, it's okay. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raise your hand if you have the Bible app on your phone. All y'all who didn't raise your hand, you know we're all like, yeah. We silently judging you now. (laughs) We don't judge. We don't judge. I mean, we do a little bit, right? (laughs) You're like, yeah, I got Facebook. And ain't got the Bible app? Like, dang. I see what you're reading. Raise your hand if you're planning to look at porn on your phone today. <laughs> that one dude in the back, I think he just got used to raising his hand. You're good, man. It's all good. It's all good. Raise your hand if you're going to look at porn. Here's the deal. 64% of men and 15% of women admit to viewing porn monthly. of men between the ages of 18 and 30 years old admit to looking at porn on the regular. Those are the ones who admit it. The average age for the first encounter with a sexually explicit image is what? What do you think it is? Eight years old. 1st time I was ever exposed to porn was in fifth grade. I was in the back of a school bus, and my eyes were introduced to a Playboy magazine, and my life was changed forever, and I don't know if it was for the better. In middle school, I found a VHS tape. Do you all remember VHS? Some of y'all got no idea how hard it was when you had to twist it, when the tape got messed up, and then the tape would get locked in, and you just pull it out, and like, it's like, oh, man, then you got to turn it. You know, I don't know. Y'all don't know the struggle. It was real. So I, I, middle school, I found a VHS tape, and it was labeled. I should have known because it wasn't factory. It was labeled James Bond. Except when I put it in and pushed play, I found out real quick that was not James Bond, but it was something that had really bad acting, but I couldn't turn my eyes away from what was on the screen. See, for many of us growing up, porn used to be something you had to like work for, you know, to to find it. Go get it. Now we've all got porn in our pocket. You ain't got to go nowhere. We have porn in our pocket. Put that in the chat. I got one hand in my pocket. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know by now in 2021 that there is a correlation between looking at porn And how that carries over into our real lives and how we start acting out our sexual desires in unhealthy ways with real people. And you know what? 
there's an app for that too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about Tinder. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Let's talk about Grinder. Yes. Yeah, you're like, oh, Pastor, you can't say grinder. Yes, I can. Let's talk about Bumble. Yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about Coffee Meets Bagel. Let's talk about all the, you're like, no, no, Pastor. Don't talk about these things in church. You can't talk about those, those, those places that, that I go to on my phone that I hope nobody ever feels. We live in a swipe right world, y'all. And those of you who don't know what swipe right means, you are either dead, not online, or woefully disconnected and unaware of the very real online world that is influencing our everyday lives. It's a swipe right world. Super swipe. Oh, pastor. Pastor, how do you know I'm not dead? Happily married, not dead. Reed keeps me informed. That's how I know. <laughs> Our minute school ministry, thank you. Thank you, youth ministry, giving me data and making sure I'm not saying things right. Listen, we're living in a world. Listen, uh, raise your hand. It, don't raise your hand on this one. Have you heard of Ashley Madison? Some of y'all ain't going to say yes. You, you got Ashley Madison's phone number. Yeah. Ashley Madison is a website and an app. Yeah, it's a website that its sole purpose is to specifically help married people, married people, have affairs. Their company tagline is life is short, have an affair. I mean, at least they're honest, right? I mean, there's no pretense. You got to love that, right? I mean, praise God that somebody's finally transparent, authentic, and honest. Well done, you. Life is short, have an affair. Oh, Pastor John, nobody looking at that. Ashley Madison has, has over 60 million members growing daily, 17,000 People become new members every day. According to the Journal of Psychology and Christianity, 65% of husbands and 55% of wives will commit adultery by the age of 40. Over the course of your lifetime, our lifetimes, over 25% of men and women will have an emotional or sexual affair. One out of every four of us online and in the room. Life is short. Have an affair. <sighs> Honey, you can feel it in the room. My wife's down here. I ain't calling some stranger honey. That's not, today I can't. Again, don't call people honey in the middle of a lust talk. <laughs> Added to the list. Matthew 5, 28, Jesus says, anyone who looks at someone with lust has already committed adultery with them in their hearts. Anyone who looks at someone with the purpose of lust 
looking at someone with a person, looking at something with a, looking at something with a purpose. The, the apps that you look at on your phone, are they healthy or unhealthy? Are they helping or hurting? App is short for application, if you did not know that. Here's the deal. There are implications for every, every application that you engage with. Every single one. There are implications for every application that you engage with. So what apps are you engaged to? You're all engaged to something. So what apps are you engaged to? Are the apps that you're engaged to protecting the fiancé that you're engaged to? Are the apps that you're engaged to protecting the marriage that you're engaged in? Are the apps that you're engaged to, down on the phone, nonstop, protecting your relationships with your family, your friends, and the bride of Christ that you're trying to stay engaged in? And some of y'all are downloading the Bible app right now. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to get rid of Tinder and the Bible app. Okay. I'm good. I've been processing through Matthew 5.27 for the last few weeks. I told Nick, it's like, it's a really heavy last couple weeks when you dive into this. Somebody's phone is telling them it's time. I don't know what it's time for, but I heard that. It's been a heavy week processing through this Matthew 25, Matthew 5, 27, and what it means for all of us, not back then, but what, it, what, what do these words mean for us in 2021? And I believe that Jesus is saying this, that whether you're looking at Pornhub Looking too long at the curves of the waitress that tastes of Belgium? Having an emotional affair with a co-worker? Masturbating to Victoria's Secret catalog? Or having good old-fashioned sex with anyone other than the person that you are married to? You're committing adultery. You're damaging your heart and creating issues that the enemy will use against you for your entire life. And for so many of us in this room and watching online, this is the thing that is crushing you. This is the thing that has trapped you in bondage and keeping you from experiencing life filled with freedom and hope. This is it. And as someone who has battled with lust and porn, I'm telling you right now, because of Jesus, his people, and his power, freedom is possible. You don't have to stay a slave to this. Freedom is possible. So how do we do, how, how is freedom possible? How do, how do we protect our hearts from being consumed with lust? Because, you know, there may be a condom for other things, but there's no condom for your heart. So how do we protect our heart? Yes, I said it. Get over it. We're all grown folk in here. And if you're not grown folk in here, it's because y'all chose not to have the little, that's young you. We're grown folk now. We're having grown folk talk. 
How do we protect our hearts? How do we protect our, our kids? How do we protect our relationships, our marriages? It all begins and ends with the heart. I'm not talking about the physical heart. I'm talking about that other heart. You know, the one that pastors talk about and leaders and teachers and coaches. You got to have heart, right? That, that heart. How's that heart? That heart, the one that's mysterious and wonderful and, and that confusing part of you that, that enables us to laugh and love and mourn and fear and, and experience the fullness and richness of life. That heart. That heart that swells with pride when you're watching one of your kids do something that they didn't think that they could do and they're doing it and you're just like, ah. The heart that shatters when the relationship ends or someone we love is lost too soon. For me, it's the heart that fills with confidence when my wife kisses me right before I walk up to preach. How's that heart doing? How healthy is that heart? Because that's the heart that we need to protect. Yes, you should get your real heart checked too on the regular and make sure everything's good there. Yes, but this heart, this is the heart that gets corrupted by lust and sexual temptation. This heart, even though we can't see it, affects every aspect of our lives. Luke 6.45 says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil per per person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. What's in the treasury of your heart? What are you allowing in from the gates of your eyes? What are you allowing into the treasury of your heart? How many secrets are in your heart? We're only as sick as our secrets. We've got to protect this heart from that secret self. Protect it from being polluted with the secrets of sexual sin and lust. Because at the end of the day, guys, sexual sin... Lust, it leads to death. Proverbs 3, 5. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey. Her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Oh, sexual sin, it, it looks sweet and smooth, but it's bitter and sharp. It thrills you, and then it kills you. It kills you physically, spiritually, emotionally. Contrary to what some friends may have told you, porn does not help your sex drive. 
things uh, stop working the way they used to or should to because you're bringing stress into your body. Your emotional and relational connections start to fall apart because you can't relate anymore. You can't love, truly love others the way that God intended because you objectify them and you start to look at them through the eyes of sex instead of through the eyes of love. See, it robs you of your confidence and your joy and you find yourself battling anxiety and you start to become depressed and overcome with guilt and shame. And so you get trapped in this exhausting cycle of constantly covering your tracks, digging this pit of deception, telling lies to cover up the previous lies and this constant weight of fear is suffocating the weight uh, that is like, when, when is he going to find out? When is she going to find out? When am I going to get caught? And and we mentally were overwhelmed with these thoughts of how dirty we are and how disgusting we are. And we start to lose spiritual confidence and lose intimacy with God and intimacy with anyone around us. And you pray and you pray and you say that this is the last time you you really, 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 really do mean it. And you really do want to stop, but you can't. And so you become even more discouraged and you're defeated and and you're left feeling helpless and hopeless. And and you start asking, why won't this ever stop? Why, Why can't I quit this? And here's why, because you're trying to fix something with a Band-Aid that needs surgery. We're not addressing the root, core, deep down issue. It's not a lust issue. It's a heart issue. I want you to know that if you're in this place of hurt, and this is hurt, this is not pain. This is a place of hurt that no pill, prescription, or pat on the back can fix. This is a place of hurt. If you are in this place of pain, of hurt, I just want to tell you I've been there. You're not alone. There's so many on our staff and leaders in our community that that, they've been there. You are not alone. I promise you, it can and will get better. There is a way forward. Please, do not give up on yourself. I don't pretend to have all the answers. But I want to share with you two things they helped me. They helped me experience breakthrough and freedom and, and, and countless others. Two things that in time, with God's help, God's people, God's power, you can experience breakthrough and freedom. And there's a physical and a spiritual side to this, and you got to have both. Some churches will say, oh, just pray, just pray, just pray. And other people will be like, just do these things, just do these things. you got to do both. There's a spiritual and physical side to this, and it takes them both working together. Two things that with God's help, God's people, and God's power, 
These can protect our hearts. First thing, don't conceal it. Confess it. You gotta confess it. Proverbs 28, 13, it says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Confess. Confess to God and confess to people. And some of you may be like, oh man, ain't no way. I can't tell God, let alone people. God already knows. Let's move on from that. Man, there's no way I could tell somebody what I struggle with. Look, I get this, but if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to try something new. Confess to God, confess to people. Listen, confessing to God, it brings forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says that, but if we confess our sins to him, God the Father, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Confessing to God brings forgiveness. Confessing to people brings healing. James 5, 16 It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess to God, confess to people, confess, let it out. Remember, you're only as sick as your secrets or you're only as strong as you are honest. How strong do you want to be? How healthy do you want to be? I know sharing the thing that you struggle with, man, let alone admitting that you actually struggle with something. I know this is challenging, but this is where breakthrough happens. See, sin grows the most in the dark. And I want to empower all of you to to take that thing that we've been hiding in the dark and bring it into the light because once we shine a light on something that's been hiding in darkness, it loses its power over us. And so this week, this week, confess. Talk to your spouse. Your best friend. Talk to one of our pastors. Talk to a counselor. If you're online, man, hit the pray button. We don't put your stuff out there like that. Hit the pray button. We'll connect with you. You, you, We all got phones, smartphones. If you got the app, you can just call us. (laughs) Confess. It's time to get this off our heart. Second thing, don't fight lust. Flee from it. Flee from it. 1 Corinthians 6.18. Paul, he's writing, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. Run. Right? We don't just fight against lust. We flee from it. We run from it. If you're wrestling with any kind of sexual sin, run, forest, run. Right? Like, hell no. Go. Are you willing to run? Now I'm in the dark, and the camera crew's like, John, you can't do that stuff, man. We got an online community that's like, where did John go? 
Run! You ever see the threat of danger? It's like, oh man, well, I guess some people getting shot. I'm just gonna run! Flee from it! It's funny. Uh, you know, Paul's instruction in 1 Corinthians is to run. You know, it's this extreme, like, run! Don't walk, don't limp, don't kind of trot, don't hopscotch, run, right? This extreme, like, coincides with Jesus telling us, oh, my goodness, it's so loud right now. God. Yes, John. I mean, you can't give me stuff like that. I'll take it and run with it. I'm in the moment. Let's go. Cell phones. See, see, the enemy's trying to distort and mess with this message all day long, trying to get you to tap out. I ain't tapping out. I'm in this fight. Are you? My marriage is on the line. Your family's on the line. Your kids are on the line. Are you fighting? Are you getting in this ring? Thank you. I know that one person back there saying, no, I'm fighting, John. I'm the one person who's going to admit I, I'm in this fight. I see you. Sitting on our hands, acting like, I don't deal with this. I ain't going to say me. Yeah. You, you, this whole time, that person that's sitting there going, I don't wrestle with this. I, I, that, that would never happen to me. Guess what? You just took a step in that direction. Pride comes before the fall. In Matthew 5, 28, when Jesus is saying, like, hey, if your eye is causing you to sin, gouge it out. If your hand is causing you to, you know, chop it off. Paul says run. Jesus says cut it off. I'm not an expert. I'm confident in my research and my team around me. Jesus is not literally telling you to cut anything off or gouge it out. There's a joke in there about Lorena Bobbitt, but I can't go there. And some of y'all too young to know what even that, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Had to bring them back, you know, it was getting real heavy. I, do. I believe what Jesus is saying is that if there is any area that is causing you to struggle, if there's any place that you're vulnerable, if there's any temptation, get rid of it, run from it. Do whatever it takes. To protect yourself from temptation, write this one down. This dropped down from the sky, and I know I'm not good enough to say this and, and think of this. The severity of your protection must exceed the severity of your temptation. How severe are you willing to be with protecting yourself? And it's got to be more than your temptation. How serious are you about protecting your heart from, from protecting yourself from seeing things that are going to damage your heart your, and, and yourself and, and your relationships? Jesus alluded to it. It starts with the eyes, right? It starts with the eyes. So first we have to take ownership of our eyes, our eyes, our eyes. Jesus says, deal with your eyes, not their yoga pants. We can get this twisted, can't we? They shouldn't wear things like that. Take 
ownership of your eyes. Not how someone else is dressed. We need to stop with the whole, like, you know, worrying about how that person's wearing and, and control yourself first. How about this? Before we teach about how to dress, let's teach about respect. Let's teach about discipline. Let's teach our young boys and girls integrity, honor, loyalty, purity, discipline, self-control, and respect. That is our job. I'm tired of hearing, well, you know, she was asking for it, wearing an outfit like that. She was not asking for it. You didn't have self-control or respect. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm coming for everybody today. Do I believe that all of us, all of us should practice modesty? Yes. Modesty is the best policy. Look, you don't give it all away. Save something for later in life. You know what I mean? Everything isn't for everyone, okay? Yes, but it's got to be both. Modesty, discipline, and respect. Working together. You got to protect yourself. Control your eyes and the heart will follow. Listen, I've watched this and been doing this too long and been struggling with it. Don't fall into the easy traps that are just laying out there from the enemy, right? They're so obvious, right? Listen, if the female form does it for you and you're trying to protect your heart, you know, then you've got no business giving your business to Hooters, Twin Peaks, Tilted Kilt, let alone strip clubs. That's even more obvious. You're not there for the cold beer and dinner specials. I'll, don't even start with me. Come on. Oh, Pastor John, you'd never see, oh, yeah? I'll write down license plate numbers. Don't, don't try me. You're there because of what your lustful eyes want to feast on, and it ain't the wings. See, what your eyes feast on, your bodies will want for dessert. We have to learn this. We have to learn this. It's a learned, learned. We have to learn to acknowledge, but not lust. I ain't telling you to run around like this, all bruised and bloody, like running around, banging in that. I can't look at anything. Learn to acknowledge, but not lust. Acknowledge that God does some great work. All right? Chris Hemsworth, come on, y'all. <laughs> Daggum, that, that man, he going to cause me to stumble. Bye, look at him. 10,000-inch biceps. My goodness. See, you acknowledge. Good job, God. boy. Gail Gadot. Wonder Woman. Well done, God. You have to learn to take the poison out of the painting. You acknowledge. You go like... God, you created a masterpiece. Well done, God. You did great work. And then you move on. 
See, early in our marriage, Kelly and I, we, we actually had this, this, this very real conversation. Like, very real. It was like first or second anniversary. Like, we at the beach, you know, and we're having this conversation. And it basically went like this. Correct me if I'm lying. We're sitting there at the beach, and, I, and we're just like, all right. And I told Kelly this. I said, Kelly, we can never go to the beach again. Can't do it. Can't go to the beach ever again. All these people walking around naked with barely anything on. I'm done for. I will. This will not last. Trying to be honest. Never go to the beach again. Unless, unless we learn to just communicate openly. Let's just, let's actually confess to each other. Let's just have this open dialogue. When the thought enters our brain, let's just share it. Let's just share it. When the thought comes in, like we got to take every thought captive, right? Second Corinthians 10, 5, right? Take every thought captive to obey Christ. You, you, you take the thought captive before it has the opportunity to grow roots and embed into our minds and create distortion and perversion. And we take the poison out of the painting. And so we just acknowledge to each other, like seriously, to this day, to this day, we'll just be like, hey, hey, over there. Yep. Good job, God. <laughs> and does that create awkward moments? Absolutely, because Kelly's forced to remember that she married somebody who is never going to have an eight pack. <laughs> Masterpieces come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Look once and you're appreciating a masterpiece. Look twice. And you're damaging your heart, disrespecting our God. And if you're married, you're disrespecting your spouse. Got to protect your eyes. On here, very practically, I encourage everyone, everyone, everyone to download software on all your devices. I have X3 watch. I don't care. I have X3 watch on my phone, every device. After this week, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I told Kelly, I said, Honey, my accountability report is going to, it's shattered. I was looking up porn statistics. Well, they're gone, right? I was looking up, gone. Because here's the deal. What this software does, it's an accountability and protection software. And so it monitors everything I'm doing. And if it trips any keywords, like I can't even, I can't even like sexy swimsuit for my spouse. I can't even shop for it. I got to be the old fashioned way. Go to Macy's, go to Macy's. So this week, oh, I told her, I said, Kelly, my report is going to be just shattered because of the research. And she's like, likely story. <laughs> like, seriously, if there's anything mildly suspicious with X3, like, 
my best friend, my wife, and my mentor, who happens to be a pastor, imagine that email, all of them get notified. Uh, you better check on John. Here's what he was looking at. Praise God, my wife hasn't had that conversation with me in over 16 years. Praise God. Another great software is Covenant Eyes. Similar product. Protection and accountability. Throw it up on the screen right there. One of them. This one I'm telling you, download. Get this app. Bible app, one of these apps. Because I would rather have these guardrails in place and never have to use them than to end up going down a path of destruction and damage that damages me, my heart, and every single person around me. Confess to God, confess to people, flee, run from lust. Family, I, I was going to say friends. You know, David's always like, friends, friend, friends, friend, friends. After today, we family now. <laughs> this battle is very, very real. For many of you in this room, and many of your family members, you're in the fight of your life right now. There is freedom available to you. There is a way out. Choose today to let others in. You're not alone in this battle. On your own, yeah, we're not enough. But with Jesus, his people, his power, we are more than enough. And every single one of us can experience freedom. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you continue to move during this time right now. As we, as we go into communion, just move in our hearts. Help us, inspire us, compel us, help bind us, bind us in the spirit and compel us to step forward and confess and release the toxin from the secrets of our heart. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.